Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious weekend in the great state of Texas. It is Texas OU weekend, okay? A lot going on. The, I don't know what they're calling it now, the Red River Showdown. It's had so many different names. I think there were some people that were concerned when it was called Red River Shootout, and then maybe it was too many R's when it was Red River Rivalry. Anyway, I know this station covers Baylor Athletics, so maybe you don't care about the Texas OU game. A lot going on in the state of Texas this weekend. A lot's gone on this week. I imagine some people are out and about. Some people are engaging with people on election issues. Some people are getting ready for church tomorrow. Whatever you're doing on Saturday, maybe your children are involved in football games. I don't know, but there's a lot to talk about because a lot has happened this week in the state of Texas and in our country over the past couple of weeks. The electorate, if you will, the American people, the American voter, has been glued to the television or to the screen of some type because of all the drama going on in Washington, D.C. over the next person to sit on the U.S. Supreme Court, Judge Brett Kavanaugh. And so I can't think of a better person to talk to us about what's going on up in Washington, but particular why it matters to Texas and why it matters is we have an election coming up too involved in all these things. So our guest today is James Dickey. James Dickey is the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. And James, I know you're on the phone with me, but I'm holding up a really nice picture of you for our Facebook Live <laughs> viewers to see. And so, hey, if you think this is a good picture, James, post a comment on our Facebook page. Give him a thumbs up or thumbs down. No, I'm just kidding. It's a great shot. And he's a very nice man. Okay. Great picture. But post a comment on our Facebook page as we're going along. Maybe you have a question for James. Maybe I can ask him or we can revisit that later in the program. But James Dickey is now, I guess, in his second term, uh, being the Republican Party of Texas chairman. He took over. He filled the, the, the rest of a term of our outgoing, of the outgoing chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. But James, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thank you very much, Jonathan. It is a real pleasure to be with you today. Well, James is a small business owner. He is a man of faith. He is he lives, I imagine, I've never asked him this before, I imagine he lives in the central Texas area because I know at one point he was chairman of the Travis County Republican Party and is around the central Texas area quite a bit. James, you know, I, and look, we're talking about central Texas. I imagine you've been all around the state. You and I have run into each other from time to time. A lot of activity going on. And I know a little earlier this year you were up in Washington. I imagine with all the election things going on that you're staying in the state. But I imagine you're very engaged and aware of what's been going on in Washington, D.C. and how people have seemed to just become more engaged or informed of what's going on because of all of the activity, if you will, related to the hearing and confirmation process of Judge Brett Kavanaugh. Absolutely. Uh, you know, when I became chair a little over a year ago, one of my biggest concerns was uh, what we would see this election as a flip of the 2010 election. You know, the 2010 election, uh, President Obama had been elected. He had been able to push through um, the Obamacare and, and all of the difficulties that came with that. <clears throat> and And those of us who were worried about government overreach and increased taxes and the harm to the economy, we were fired up. And so we saw a Republican wave uh, that really had a uh, had a massive impact on 
the last 10 years of politics. And I was very concerned that 2018, we would see the exact reverse of that, that uh, the Democrat voters would be super fired up. And as a Republican chairman, uh, you know, that our Republican voters would not be fired up. And boy, what we've seen uh, through the Kavanaugh hearings is not only has a the incredible overreach on the left been uh, been been a real factor in firing up Republican voters and conservative voters uh, and those who vote for values, but also that independent voters who were not really fired up either way uh, have have seen the the travesty of what's gone on and have seen the amount of vitriol that's aimed at anyone who cares about life, anyone who cares about the proper rule of law and impartial judging according to the Constitution. Um, they've seen how, you know, that that is totally unacceptable to those on the far left. And fortunately, it is starting to show significantly in the amount of energy on on the middle and right of the political spectrum. Well, and I would imagine that one of the reasons Texas voters are a little bit more aware or engaged or informed when it comes to the Kavanaugh hearings is because both of our U.S. senators in the state of Texas, John Cornyn and Ted Cruz, sit on the Judiciary Committee. So they have been in front of screens. They have been in the hearings. They've been talked. They have been, you know, reached out to for their comment because, you know, whether you're a Republican or Democrat, these are the senators that represent Texas and vote on these issues at the Judiciary Committee. So, you know, wherever you fall on the political spectrum in the state of Texas, these are the people you hear the media talking about because they represent Texas. And, you know, not to mention, obviously, um, Ted Cruz is running for reelection. So maybe you see a little bit more of him or the Texas person or voter, whoever sees a little bit more of him. But two of those members of that committee are from Texas, Cornyn and Cruz. So a lot of reasons why you might see a little bit more coverage. But just overall, I mean, the, the issue has gotten the attention of just about everyone. I mean, you if you turned your screen on last Thursday, the, it, it's almost impossible that you didn't see something about this. And as you and I know, James... That is very rare. I mean, for an issue to touch just about everybody, and I mean, maybe there's some exceptions, okay? But, you know, virtually, by and large, just about everyone had some awareness of this news item last Thursday. I mean, I just heard so many reports of people that you would never think watching this or that their show, you know, their regular show got interrupted or whatever, you know, was like, um, and I don't want to compare it to other things because it might not do it justice, but you and I know what we're talking about. It, it seemed to touch just so many people. And, and oftentimes, whether it's political or whether it's some type of policy issue, that just doesn't happen very often. Most of people are doing what they do. They're taking their kids to school or they're going to their job. They have their own hobbies. They kind of have their section of their life and world. And with all the media that exists now, it's hard to get wall-to-wall coverage, if you will, of just one issue. But I think that's what happened last Thursday. Yeah, a- absolutely. And and you are right. In Texas, we are phenomenally fortunate. There are only 21 members of the entire judiciary, Senate Judiciary Committee. To have two of them from a single state when there are 100 senators and 50 states represented, that is significant and it's a reflection of the influence that Texas has in both the House and the Senate and how important, um, how influential our state has become on the national level, which is really good. And both uh, Senator Cornyn and Senator Cruz 
have been really consistent and really solid on making sure that they are they are looking for justices who will interpret the law, not try to write it from the bench. And and to that extent, I mean, President Trump's the list of potential nominees is right down the middle for that. And there are a lot of people who voted for President Trump explicitly because of his promise to re- recommend to the Senate for confirmation justices of the Supreme Court who would interpret the law appropriately and not try to not try to rule from the bench. And uh, in the words of former President Obama, elections have consequences. And uh, th- frankly, the Supreme Court should not be as important as it is. It, it should not. Well, <laughs> so much of our life should not be ruled by the decisions of five or six uh, robed people in D.C. Unfortunately, yeah. that's where we sit right now. We need to get that fixed. That is the reality. I mean, whether we like it or not, look, as a lawyer, I might lean in the direction of seeing that value or maybe, you know, whatever the case may be, because that's kind of the some of the work that I do. But I I, too, recognize that it should have its rightful place and it should not be in a position of making public policy. But I might appreciate it a little bit more than the average person does. But that doesn't that shouldn't change it as far as what it should do and, and, and what it's allowed. But I think what we're seeing now, to your point, is more more people are starting to realize, wow, th- it, it, it does matter. I mean, it, it's a could matter, you know, more than, you know, a lot of other things that a president does or happens during a presidential cycle. And also people are understanding how it relates to elections, what impact their their senator has. And even other uh, people that their elected representatives have that talk about these issues. I want to hit a couple of just nuts and bolts real quick. The deadline to register to vote is next Tuesday or this coming Tuesday, October 9th. Is that correct? That is correct. So there's a small window. If you're not already registered to vote and you want to vote in the November election, which I hope everyone does want to vote in that election, um, that Tuesday is the deadline. It's extremely important. Sometimes people think, well, I'm already registered to vote. And, you know, I moved recently, but I can just use my old address. My understanding is if you're in the same county and you move, then you don't um, you can get your address changed. And I think you might even be able to do it online. It's not there's not as much of the process. But if you move to a different county and I say that because that's what I just did recently, I moved from Hayes County to Williamson County. You have to re-register. Now, if you for some reason forget to and you want to go to the ballot and bring your old ID and, you know, there's a document I think you can fill out. So don't uh, don't not vote because maybe you forget to do that if you've registered before. My point is don't also think that just because you moved from a different county but you're still in Texas that you don't need to re-register. So I, I'm encouraging people to be mindful of that. You can go to the Secretary of State's website to see some of those details. But voter registration is up, okay, overall. I don't know, you know, which party that is specifically or, or how those numbers break out. But there's been a lot of people moved to Texas. I was at a lunch earlier this week. And a woman was telling me she just moved, to, you know, here from Kentucky. And so we see it all the time. We know about a thousand people a day, if you will, move to Texas. So do not take that for granted. So let's also talk about, you know, Election Day is November 6th. Let's talk about let, let's move back to Kavanaugh for just a minute because we're going to see more attention on this. There's uh, you know, we're doing this this show Facebook Live, but it'll be but it, um, it airs on Saturday. But today there's going to be a closure vote. 
in the U.S. Senate, what that means is all week, senators have been debating, they've been talking about these issues, but then there's a vote today that says, okay, debate is cut off, everyone's had their time, and then that starts the clock running for a 30-hour period of kind of breathing room, and when that 30-hour period ends, kind of a waiting period, if you will, then procedurally, the U.S. Senate can start voting. That would take us to about 4.30, central, if if things stay the way they are on Saturday. So we could see this wrapped up by the end of the weekend. And, you know, I, I mean, there might be a few Democrats. We're going to see how this things go. But that's how I understand the next 24 to 48 hours playing out. Yeah, the, that is the plan. And that that is how it, that looks very likely to be what will happen. We, we have seen recently that you can't Uh, bet a lot of money on exactly what the Senate's going to do. There are a handful of senators who have the ability to throw a wrench in the works, and hopefully they won't. Hopefully we we are past the point of continued um, doubt and questions and can can move on with uh, letting uh, letting Judge Kavanaugh become Justice Kavanaugh and serve on the Supreme Court. Well, I'm talking with James Dickey. I'm holding up your picture again, James, the chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. If you like his picture, thumbs up. If you, well, we'll just say thumbs up, okay? We'll just say, if you don't, then just leave it to yourself, okay? We try to keep it positive here. <laughs> it's a great picture. No. Uh, and so, so James is on the line with this, but we're doing, we're also running the program through our Facebook Live. So a lot could happen over the weekend. You're right, James. I, I expect that things are, you know, going to go as planned. But, you know, you could have said that two weeks ago, and here we are. This issue still hasn't been decided, even though people feel like the votes are there, so to speak, even though it's going to be extremely close. I would imagine Vice President Pence is ready to cast his vote if he needs to. But so, but we, we have this going on over the weekend. We've got uh, the end of um, voter registration coming up on Tuesday, October 9th. We've got Election Day is November 6th, and I think I'm going to check my calendar here that early voting starts in a couple of weeks on the 22nd. Is that right? Does that sound right to you, October 22nd? That does sound It's right. a Monday. Um, so usually you've got two weeks of early voting before the actual, well, before the general election day, November 6th. Sometimes people get confused by that. They're like, well, what's early voting mean? Does that mean we can vote again later? Or what is all, you know, does it really count or whatever? It does. (laughs) And I'm not going to get into all the detail about whether it's a good, bad thing, why it happens. It's just the way our system works for now. So the general election day is the first Tuesday of November. That's November 6th. But you can vote up to two weeks before that during this early voting period. And a lot of times in some counties, there are more locations. You can work around your schedule. It can just you know give you some convenience, if you will, to go vote. I want to encourage people to check out our website, txvalues.org, and also our voting website, freevotersguide.com, if people want to see that. And if people want to see the endorsements that we've put out there, you can go to txvaluesaction.org. We're talking all about Kavanaugh. And Senator Cruz and Senator Cornyn, Senator Cruz is on the ballot for re-election against Beto O'Rourke. I think they're having a, uh, excuse me, a, a debate coming up um, here in the next week or so. But there's a lot more on the ballot. 
James, talk to us. What what else is on the ballot? I mean, there's you know, for people that think it's all just about at the federal level, they're going to get to the ballot box and go, "Wow, there's there's a whole lot here." Exactly. This is uh, traditionally called a gubernatorial year, so we we do have one senator on the ballot, Senator Cruz. But uh, and of course, uh, congressmen are up every two years, so all of our U- U.S. congressmen are up. But um, uh, we have the governor, the lieutenant governor, the uh, agriculture commissioner, uh, one of the railroad commissioners, uh, the land commissioner, the um, <clears throat> the the, uh, the attorney general. Uh, basically, all, almost every statewide elected official is up for election right now, and it is so important that every one of us turn out and have our uh, make our presence known and make our opinion uh, work. It's uh, it is so critical. Yeah, well, and you know, I don't know what the polling is lately on Greg Abbott versus Lupe Valdez. I you know I would imagine the governor Abbott's got a very comfortable lead. So you might not see as much attention on that race, but people might get to the ballot and go, oh, I didn't know the governor's race was on the ballot. You know, I didn't know the lieutenant governor's race is on the ballot. There are a lot. I mean, to your point, you got the congressional seats every two years. Every Texas House member has to run every two years. And so it's staggered for Texas Senate. They they have four year terms. And so but wherever you may be, you may see a, a Texas Senate district on uh, race on your ballot. They're your Texas House, your U.S. House, all of those. Every two years, they're on the ballot. So there is quite a bit. There may be some local races as well that are tied in. And so, you know, a lot of attention on what's happening with Kavanaugh. And to some extent, you know, I want people to understand this, that not everyone is like Senator Cruz, that they run for Senate their first time around U.S. Senate and win. Oftentimes you see someone run at a local level, a state level, and then they jump up to the federal level. You know, and so that is something to keep in mind when you're voting on these people. It's not irrelevant to wonder, well, who would they support on the U.S. Supreme Court? I mean, that's the issue that's getting all the attention. And you want to know a little bit more or you're wondering, well, does it matter at the the state level? Sure, it does. I mean, you see it quite often that someone's in the Texas House or the Texas Senate. You look at our, um, you know, George W. Bush was the governor of our state at one point before he ran for president. All of those things and where they stand on these issues, it matters even at the local level. Would you agree, James? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, one of the things we've been doing in the state party for the last year is emphasizing how important school board and city council elections are and county commissioners and county judges. And the, the, the county judge, which is the county CEO, kind of the county's mayor, um, and, and the county commissioners and the school boards together uh, those make up about two thirds of every Texan's taxes, and so it, it, those boards make those decisions. So it is so important that we look at that. But also, you know, we've we've had this reminder of how important the judicial race is. Uh, it, you know, the, the judicial confirmation is at the Supreme Court level. We have some incredibly important judicial races going on right now everywhere. Every district judge is elected. Um, And no matter how your county goes on the district judge level, we have a court of appeals and 90 percent of appeals in Texas get handled at the court of appeals. And they are the court of last resort for 90 percent of the cases. And those courts of appeals uh, right now, every one of them has a majority uh, Republican set up. 
Um, and the third court of appeals in, in the Austin and surrounding 20 counties, the uh, the fifth court, the fourth court, the, we've got, uh, I encourage everyone, talk to your county chair, contact your county party, find out the important races in your area, find out about those candidates, and then and then vote for the ones who will fight for your values and for ruling properly, not making up laws from the bench. No, you're absolutely right. So you might think, well, gosh, I wish I had, now that I understand how important it is, you know, for a judge that sits on a court and the impact they could have, decisions they could make, you know, I wish I could have more of a direct impact. You know, if that thought crosses your mind, well, you can. So Texas Supreme Court, the Texas Court of Appeals, and some of those, you know, if you've got a local court on your ballot, you do. You can cast your vote. So at the state level, we elect our judges. They're, they're not um, put into a position and then you're kept from the process and you have to rely on your elected official to do that. No, they're on the ballot. So that is very important for people to keep in mind. And, and you're right about that being the last resort for the Court of Appeals. So even though we have a Texas Supreme Court and a Court of Criminal Appeals, which is the Supreme Court for criminal cases, most of the cases, almost all of the cases, do not get heard by them. It's not an automatic appeal to the Texas Supreme Court. It's automatic at the Court of Appeals. But it's very rare that a case is heard by the Texas Supreme Court so you look at these other courts of appeals where you've got judges on the ballot. You could well, I don't want to argue that they're more important, but that's where more cases are being heard. So a lot of those positions are on the ballot. You look at some of these other issues that are coming up that are on the ballot, like in the city of Austin. I know there's a there's a proposition maybe where you live. If you're listening to this online or you're catching it, you get, there's a good signal where you're catching it outside of the Austin area. You're, there may be a proposition on your ballot. You may be surprised by that. If you want to know what our view is on endorsements on a lot of these races, go to txvaluesaction.org. We have a list of endorsements of people that we've endorsed in this race. James, we just have a couple more minutes. I appreciate you coming on the show. I imagine you're going to be very active uh, around this area. I just, if you would, we want to pray for you, but I would love for you to just share a little bit about your faith and why that compels you to be involved in public service. Um, um, thank you. I, I was uh, had, I was fortunate to be raised in a, in a great Christian home and was saved at a young age um, and very active in church uh, while I was growing up. But it was really um, after college when I started, you know, reading through the Bible regularly and having, um, you know, consistent private uh, devotion that as I as I read through the Bible over and over again, what what really resonated with me was the the lengths to which uh, God has has reached out to make um, to make to want and set up the possibility for a personal relationship with each and every one of us, and that is that is so amazing. And the other thing is, you know, as you read through the Bible, it, it becomes more and more obvious that not only are all of us fallen, but that God does amazing things through people who have who have failed in massive ways. I mean, the the the, the patriarchs. You look at Moses and David and and Solomon and and so many others and. And we have all failed in in big ways, and yet God's done amazing things. And that that grace and mercy and and personal relationship really um, touched me as a as it became obvious. And and yeah, it it led me to wanting to do 
wanting to follow where I feel led and where I've felt led the last few years is in a, a need to bring faith and service and devotion and grace and mercy into the public sphere. And, um, and there is a movement that, that has been going on for 40, 50 years against faith and against religion in uh, our public sphere. And that's not, uh, that is not good for the country and it's not what's best. And, uh, and so I, I have taken every chance I've been given to, uh, to, to take a role that allows me to spread that message further and further. And, and it's, it's one our country needs. I mean, our country needs not just, um, uh, you know, righteous guidance, but we, we need forgiveness and mercy. I mean, we've, we've had 40 years of, of, of Roe v. Wade and, and the catastrophe that that's turned into. And, um, we have had, uh, far too many times when we've fallen short and we all do. Um, but the more we can, the more we can change in the public sphere, to reflect what should be in our hearts and what we, what I pray and hope is in our hearts, the better I know our country will be. You're absolutely right. We're talking with James Dickey, chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, sharing a little bit about his faith. You know, I tell you, over the past couple of weeks, and this is some things similar, if you will, that you walked through earlier this year. You know, when when people start saying things or attacking you personally, your family, and I'm not trying to compare maybe some of the the goings on with your reelection earlier this year to exactly what Kavanaugh is going through in his family. I'm simply trying to make the point that sometimes in this space, some people can overdo it. I mean, they can just be relentless to where it appears they want to destroy you, tear you down and and a key is really kind of how do people respond. And so I just want to encourage you and say thank you for the way that you consider continue to display that grace and that really thoughtful response. And sometimes too, where I'm sure, you know, it takes a lot of effort because I know you, you know, you're you're a strong man to to kind of hold back some of, you know, maybe other instincts and really be deliberate about how you operate, how you carry yourself. And I think it's remarkable, and I just want you to, want to encourage you to continue to do that and, and let you know that it's appreciated. Well, I, I appreciate those words very much and, and the support of everybody out there. I, I can tell you I definitely felt a lot of empathy for Judge Kavanaugh um, when he was expressing his concern and frustration and, and just, just anger at uh, the the terrible things his family's been dragged through for political purposes. Um, and uh, boy, I, I, I pray that somehow we back our culture off of this um, going forward. But it's, it's tough because we see it all around. Very well said. James Dickey, chairman of the Republican Party of Texas, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, James. Thank right. you. Well, good stuff. Great to have Chairman James Dickey on the show today. We are out of time. There's going to be a vote sometime this weekend on this issue. I'm trying to check live if there's been a cloture vote. There hasn't been yet. We'll see how time. Uh, I think that we're almost there because they're going to do it 1030 Eastern. So check back on the Texas Values Facebook page for updates and Texas Values Action Facebook updates for this issue because it's going to continue to be key. We're going to be covering it. We know it matters to you and it matters to faith, family, and freedom. 
so you know we'll be on top of it. We'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.